Hey everybody, we're here with New Radio Media Real Estate Realities. This is Dylan Tanaka, very excited to be here with you this uh, this nice morning. And uh, we're also excited because we have Lake Michigan Credit Union as a uh, premier sponsor, I guess we want to call it, uh, along right. with um, Emil Israelov's mother, who, <laughs> because she watched so our shows and, and so said, said how great we all looked all right. and sounded. So, oh, hi mom. It's I mean, great. Yeah. Uh, David and I have a history. My parents used to own a couple of restaurants in town, and David, uh, I mean, this was 20-plus years ago. Over 20 David, years ago. And David was a frequent customer, and um, she's watching the show yesterday, and uh, a rerun of one of the previous shows, and she says, you know, that gentleman looks so familiar. I'm like, Mom, that's David. Uh, you, you probably recognize him from the restaurant. Like, that's where I'm from. And she's like, oh, he, he was such a good tipper. Yes. That's how I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, well, welcome, Emil, and welcome uh, Lake Michigan yes. Credit Union as our Definitely. premier sponsor. Absolutely. So, you know, we have a really good show uh, today. Unfortunately, what happened, Dylan, uh, uh, with with our yeah we were going to have um, I had uh, at the at the pre of Macomb last week we had uh, um, uh, a guest come and speak about self directed IRAs and um, the company wants to make sure that we're uh, we're worthy for them to come out but th there's all the different compliance issues well, because I think they're a bank charter and right. you know they're also real I um, mean you know, um, a stock brokerage a very well known right, so. You know, I I had to get grilled for uh, for them to come and speak at Rhea of Macomb. So Did we'll, you have to have fingerprints. Oh, geez, that? yeah. So we'll we'll have her on uh, in the next couple of weeks. Really excited about that. What's self-directed IRA for those people who don't know? Yeah. So the long and short of it is, uh, most people don't know that you can invest your retirement funds in multiple different ways. I don't want to give too much away, but uh, if you're still with the employer, typically under 55, they're not going to let you move your money out. But if you have some old IRAs or defined benefit pensions, anything like that. You mm -hmm. can move the money out of there into an IRA, whether it be a traditional, could be a Roth. Mm -hmm. There's SEPs. There's all kinds of there's things for kids now, these CISAs. It's really amazing what's available and out there. So, um, you know, we wanted our listeners to know what, what's going on with that. And because all those, they can do what with it? They can take the money well, they can and take they can the use money. it to invest in real estate. Correct. Yes. Right. I should have said that. So right. they can Sorry. take that money and invest it in real estate. For a <laughs> they, can, they can take it. They can lend out. They can buy. They can sell. They can keep forever. Uh -huh. And uh, it'll grow tax-free or tax-advantaged. Right. Right, and, and I hear she was uh, an excellent guest, oh, yeah. and she an did excellent a, speaker. She did a great job, right. so, so we'll we have her on soon. Absolutely. But, you know, compliance is a, it's kind of funny. It's a good segue. Compliance is a very important Huge item in issue. real estate. So the fa I don't begrudge her lending institution or her security firm from saying, hey, you know, we still have to vet things out <clears> before we move forward. Sure. Uh, you know, compliance, we're all affected by compliance every day, right? Every day. Absolutely. Pretty much. I mean, you Absolutely. work at a bank. I'm an attorney. I mean, I can't easy, quote easy. an interest rate without yeah. quoting an APR. Uh -huh. um, well, you work at a credit union. I apologize. Yep. I'm, no, just I'm, as we're good, mortgage actually. lenders, so right. I mean, we can't quote an interest rate without quoting an APR right. and you know annual percentage rate. Mm -hmm. or, you know, we use a lot of acronyms in our business. Right. So, like um, TRIG, <laughs> like TRID, TRID, I mean, is, TRID. Uh, yeah, the regulatory compliance so uh, issues that. We have to do the. It's a right. Um, it's an integrated disclosure, which took our truth and lending disclosure and our good faith estimate and merged them into the loan estimate. So um, in our business, we joke about it because it was. It, you know, it, it, it's such a point of frustration when you're. You know, when the timing's not there for closing, and you have that three business day rule where mm -hmm. you have to disclose your closing figures three days prior right. to. So you know, the acronym uh, took on a. 
a funny name of right. the reason I drink. Right. So yeah. That's T-R-I-D. Right? <laughs> a lot of people don't realize, like, when they're refinancing, they're in a hurry, right? They want to yes. get their money out quick. And then you kind of – you don't spring that on them at the end. You tell no, them at the beginning. So, yeah. So the – TRID compliance rules, as far as uh, dis- the closing disclosure, state that you have to disclose the, um, it doesn't have to be the exact number, but a pretty close estimate um, prior to, three days prior to closing. Well, in a refinance, not only do you have that three-day waiting period, right. but you also have the right of rescission. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, and that's a federal law that states that, you know, you close the day you close, you have to wait till midnight of the third business day, and after that, the loan funds. Right. So that just gives a person, you know, time to look documents over. You're signing 60 pages of legal documents, right. basically. Very few people wow. cancel, but you do have the right, right. to Correct. cancel. Yeah, it's so it's consumer protection. Right. Yeah, so what we do... You said that so, like, <laughs> consumer protection. If, if you're not ready, then don't sign the paperwork. Give me right. a break. It's a refinance, right. yeah, you know, but... Correct. And what we do to kind of ease that is, you know, we try to get that closing disclosure out. As soon as we have an appraisal title mm-hmm. work, we know what the homeowner's insurance right. premium, those are the major factors right. that affect it. So we have a conditional approval, the appraisal's in, title work is in, we know that there's no clouds on title. Then we try to send that early closing disclosure out right away. Mm-hmm. And what that does is give the borrower at least an idea of where they stand, their interest rate has been locked, how long they have you know, what their monthly payments are with, without taxes. It's all about transparency. It's all it is. There are repercussions from from the foreclosure days, too. I mean, it it was so crazy. The fog, the mirror mortgages, those were real, 130%. But but you know what? Things still happen, Dylan. I mean, uh, we were chatting earlier uh, Mm -hmm. about failing to disclose. I just recently had a a case where several realtors didn't disclose their interest as realtors when they were purchasing a property or when they were listing a property. And it was quite complicated little scenario, but in the end, my client, well, they didn't they didn't catch it right away, uh, but we caught it um, after the fact, and these realtors are now being sued. Wow. So compliance, you know, transparency, your license point. disclosure, right? Disclosure, right? Just when in doubt, disclose. Supreme Court yeah. says sunshine. Well, you know, something you're, you know, and and the reason that rule exists is because you're a licensed professional in that field. And by disclosing, you're kind of uh, backing off and saying, hey, I'm disclosing that I'm a professional realtor and you shouldn't feel like, you know, you're you're getting taken advantage of. And I think that's what is there to prevent. The the compliance, like today, again, we were supposed to have this lady on, and Mm -hmm. uh, but compliance is so important. It's kind of a boring topic, I would agree. Nancy's already falling asleep. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I'll give you another example um, that people, real estate investors, most significantly, they buy and sell properties every every day, right, or every month. But they're doing more than, let's say, five a year. Mm -hmm. If they purchase more than five in a, in a given time, in a given year, purchase or sell. They basically have to disclose, uh, they have to be licensed, and they also have to disclose that they're a real estate agent. If they're not licensed, guess what happens? The state will come after you. Wow. A lot of people don't realize that. I think there's probably a lot of people in violation oh, of that it, rule. I can assure <laughs> you there are. I, I mean, that sounds like, I don't I don't think a lot of these real estate investors know that. No, over the last 40 years, especially now with, with computers and you know, the, the government and the state knows things so quickly. Right, right. And I think before it was kind of like, eh, as long as, you know, a lot of attorneys have told me, as long as nobody gets hurt, usually a judge is a little bit easier on you. But as soon as there's a huge problem, sure. like, well, you, these you, are you, all you guys homes encountered that, a problem. 
These, right. these were all home sales. In this one instance, I had an investor who sold over 35 properties. The violation is $500 per property. Wow. Okay? And he sold them to the public. Right. Now, he wasn't licensed. He had all these properties. He was a great guy, and, and we ended up getting it resolved and negotiating a, 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 you know, a settlement. But He was looking he, at 16500 in fines, right? Pretty much. Yeah. And um, losing his license, and more importantly, Emil, he also was a licensed mortgage loan originator. Oh. So he also, uh, you know, jeopardized his license there. And he didn't oh, wow. know. This whole time he didn't know. Yeah. But he was a really good guy. We ended up getting it taken care of. But when you deal with the public, you're selling, you're lending to the public. Anytime you're dealing with the consumer, you must disclose, you know. And we all know that ignorance is not a defense. That's, that's pretty much no. true. Right? <laughs> it is truly not bliss. Not my defense, at least. <laughs> So what, what else is happening? Dylan? You know, I don't, I don't have all the facts. Uh, next week, maybe I'll print something out and actually read it because I can get your opinion on it. Um, but uh, in the city of Warren, a bunch of Michigan landlords uh, sued, class action lawsuit, um, because I guess the legal term was uh, they were giving them undue stresses or, or giving them fines when they shouldn't have been. So, like, if a tenant wouldn't open the door, the city was fining you $200 if there was an inspection. How do you verify that? Uh, I don't know. You have From to be, your tenant? You have to be standing right. there with, with the with inspector. With your tenant, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. so, um, so they just won, I believe it was $250,000 yeah. lawsuit against the city. Right. And um, somebody went there yesterday and asked for their money. And the city <gasps> told them, you better leave right now. Really? Whoa. So they're, that was they're in the still, news? still being <sighs> combative, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, but mean, you can't just walk in and demand. I want. It's a supposed it's supposed to be a hundred dollars for every property that you own. Wow. You can try to collect back from the city. Hey, Dylan, um, with your expertise uh, in real estate investment, so certain municipalities have that city inspection mm-hmm. process before a piece of property can be conveyed. Sure. So, we re- recently ran into a situation where it was in, I believe, oh, it was in Dearborn, mm-hmm. and Dearborn's tough. Yep. And the seller, um, something happened with the timing. I had clients moving in from out of state. The seller did not schedule the inspection uh, until a couple days before closing. And there was a list of violations, probably 12 violations, not, nothing major, minor. Mm-hmm. And what was neat is I called the city of Dearborn because, again, my clients are moving here from Reno, Nevada, <laughs> and have nowhere to go. So they're, they're moving like, here in the summer, right? Right. Uh, yep. And smart. she's a physician, and she has to start her job at right. the hospital. Right. And, you know, so they ended up um, airbnb for a couple of nights. But, sure. Uh, anyway, so... The city of Dearborn really worked with us on it. What they said is, hey, these are non-major violations. The new homeowner can actually pay a fee, a compliance fee to the city, and the city gave them 90 days to right. comply they, with they responsibility They assumed the responsibility to, to, to make those repairs. Yeah. Right. But didn't, wasn't this originally designed to protect uh, renters from landlords that— You mean on CFOs? Yeah, yeah, and the well, the city inspections for the, the integrity of the property. It's really to the integrity of the neighborhood for the city to, you know, in two thousand eight. Let's say, I mean, it was happening before, but not every city had a compliance department or a you know uh, a blight department. Mm-hmm. But with the foreclosure crisis, what happened? Uh, they had no choice but to establish these because properties. In fact, there was a whole article. It's not in Michigan, in South Euclid, Ohio. Uh, by by Cleveland, the whole city was completely uh, the the value of the properties yeah, went obliterated. Obliterated because uh, of 
outside investors, like uh, I won't say the names, but these huge companies came in and bought a bunch of um, delinquent properties for closed properties, and nobody did anything with regards to maintenance, and, and, and they look like crap. And, and the people were living in unsafe conditions. And that city is still undergoing huge problems because they can't get anybody to comply. So what are they doing? They're basically going and they're condemning the properties now. They're just yeah. saying, you know, do not occupy, sure. they're posting something up. But that's, if we didn't have that now, you'd have, you know, oh. rampant problems, rampant blight. So all these cities finally in Michigan, I, even the small towns, you know, if you go in, I don't know a city or a municipality that does not have a blight office or a um, uh, city, city official inspection. That's in, sure. city inspection that requires a CFO. And, and we were just talking about that as well, Dylan. I mean, you, you check this. But what were we talking about as well? Fo the FOIA? Right. That was incredible. Right. T tell the audience about that. Yeah, a lot that of times. Really so if, uh, you know, we'll just use... Um, we're in Farmington Hills right now, right? So we'll just use Farmington as an example, Farmington Hills. So if if I was buying a house from Emil and he had some violations on it and I wanted to find out what they were, a lot of times some cities will tell you, hey, you need to paint the porch or the roof looks kind of shabby or you need to trim the bushes because that's some of what, what you know, Blight will, will tell you, you know, the, right. the Blight department. Um, but some cities, they will not give you any information. You have to submit an FOIA, a Freedom of Information Act, a piece of paper stating that mm -hmm. I'm, I, I'm requesting this. And it's public record because it is public record. Right. And, you know, I've had to do that multiple times to find out what the heck's on there. I would think that most officials would be, you know, welcoming and just give the information. You would think so. Unless yeah. there was some type of, you know, there could have been a lawsuit there. Sure. Uh, where they were sued. Maybe the sale didn't go through, and and the city should not have given them the list. I don't know. Right, that could be you know reason. Yeah. But I've never heard of somebody pulling a FOIA, yeah, and I, submitting a FOIA to get you know list of conditions. Yeah, they, they force us to do it all the time. Wow, they really? just don't they don't want just, to give that information. Is out. that just one city, Dylan, or is that? No, I think I think it's happened in Dearborn. multiple municipalities. Dearborn is pretty voluntary with the information. Yeah. I called them, explained the circumstances, Troy and they well. said. You know something? The inspection happens on the sixth. It'll be on the website um, after five mm -hmm. p.m. on that day or the following morning. And we looked at the list, and like I said, it wasn't major violations. Uh -huh. You know, heating vents, light switch cover. Uh -huh. I know, think maybe that. if if it's a if it's a workout situation where maybe they haven't been compliant for that six months the first time with the homeowner who may mm -hmm. have fallen at hard times, passed away, what have you, out of state owner, and then maybe they did like like I said a workout. And said, okay, we'll give you three more months, and then they don't want to give information because typically when I come in, uh -huh. there's a lot more hair on the on the deal than I'll just uh, is that a, a light switch. Is that contingency <laughs> that you build into your sales agreements when you know that there's a city inspection required? Do you give do you give a timeline? What's an acceptable timeline to give the seller to a have that inspection and b comply with the re, with the inspection results? I mean, you t if you're talking about a 30-day escrow to close, mm -hmm. you know. Some cities they can't come out right away. It might take right. them a week or two right. to get you scheduled. I think in a, in, a, in the typical uh, MLS purchase agreement, it has an amount that the buyer or seller is going to be willing to pay to bring those right. municipal inspections up to code, and then a time frame. You can always get an addendum if the city's not going to get out there soon enough. Sure, right. right. And and most cities, it's not like it was before two thousand eight. I can assure you. <laughs> yeah, right. right. We all know this. Yes. And and. They have really perfected. They have a whole system. Oh, like yeah. they, they were catching up. In 2007, 2008, they were just catching up. They didn't even know how to handle it. I can tell Ypsilanti and Arbor, all of them, when I was dealing with those uh, municipalities, it was really hard to get people out. Now they have several code enforcers. 
they have a whole system. You can't, you know, the it's a huge investor can't source BS them. of no. revenue. <laughs> right, it's a big, it's a big revenue, revenue source. Right, sure. Right? And and some people, uh, especially real estate investors, uh, unfortunately, like probably over in Warren, what you're telling me, uh, that lawsuit with mm -hmm. the city of Warren and the landlords, you know, they prey on them. Sure. I, oh, I, I, I'm not saying Warren, with all due respect. I don't know the circumstances sure. there. But there are officials. I dealt with uh, another city, a smaller city, that just targeted my real estate investor for like almost eight months. And more importantly, uh, was w willing to send him to jail. I mean, they had misdemeanors oh, yeah. and... Uh, just for just for simple Silly code stuff. violations. Oh wow! And so, uh, they got a lot of money out of him until he hired me. <laughs> right. It was sounding money. I mean, I can understand if it's like sanitary conditions in a home. Right. Totally different. Like Health right. department. Right. Totally department different. Department violations. Or safety. You know, if you're safety. if you're endangering the public. But you know, there are a lot of real estate investors, especially in. Uh, I know we had to cut cut away and pay some bills, but uh, in Detroit, especially that the investors never even see the property. Sure. And they hire people who are not even licensed or, uh, or real estate brokers uh, who aren't experienced, and they jeopardize other good, good real estate investors' names. I mean, they ruin it for everybody. Well. So you want to take us out? <laughs> You've been listening to Real Estate Realities with Dylan Tanaka, David Sobel, Nancy Phillips, and myself, Emil Zraylov. Uh -huh. Stay tuned. We're going to go to a commercial break, and uh, we'll be right back with more interesting topics. Emil's mother, did you hear that? Nina, Hula. <laughs> And action. And millions of ducks. Two guys go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. Dot com. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. And the things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. Why are we here? What makes a person truly good? For those answers, you're gonna have to take a philosophy class. But if you're more interested in who would win in a fight between R2-D2 and a Dalek, watch Get It To The Geeks on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. on NewRadioMedia.com. At Murray's Park City, we're known for offering customer service you won't get in any chain store or online. But don't take it from me, just listen to what our customers have to say. The employees at Murray's are knowledgeable, courteous. They make you feel like you're at home. Pick up a can of Seafoam Fuel System Treatment for only $6.99 or a 5-quart container of Mobile One Motor Oil for just $28.95. Murray's Park City and Pontiac Trail at Maple Road in Walled Lake. We've got the parts you need when you need them. Hi, I'm Art and we're the crew at Tuffy Walled Lake. We've been in Walled Lake for 20 years. 
and through our knowledgeable staff and customer satisfaction, we've become quite the cornerstone in our community and to our discerning customers statewide. We know how important your vehicle is to you, and we take pride in our impeccable, affordable service, and we're trying to get you back on the road as quickly and safely as we possibly can. Please stop in and see why everybody comes from all over to get their car serviced at 784 North Pontiac Trail in Wald Lake. All right, everybody, we're back with Real Estate Realities, new radio media. We are uh, moving on to the top 10 things you should know about real estate and finance. We touched on this, I think, two weeks ago. Or was it last week? We barely, it was two weeks ago, and two we barely ago. got through we got like through two items. Two know, or three. Because they're so important. They're so they important, are. and there's so much detail right. in every single one of these items. Right. You know, there's, it's, you know, one one thing can, we can, we can elaborate for an hour on each topic. Sure. And yeah, we're going to. We're going to. <laughs> right. So, so we were talking about split title a lot. We try to bring up things that folks don't know a lot about. Right. So, so Emil, I think on, from your side of the table, when we talk about split title and saying that we don't want to split title, explain what that means. Okay. So, title insurance. What, there's two types of title insurance in a real estate transaction. So, typically in Michigan, it's customary that the seller pays the owner's title policy, which is there to protect the new buyer, mm -hmm. the new owner. And the buyer pays for what's called lender's title coverage, which they only need to pay for if they take out a mortgage. On cash transactions, lender policy don't exist. It doesn't exist. So but in today's world, insurance you know, title insurance is an insurance product, so it's regulated by the state insurance commissioner. And nobody can force you to use a specific title company. That's something that you have the right to do, you know, to pick on your own. Right. Um, these premiums, you know, on an, let's say on a $200,000 house, the owner's policy could be $1,600 and the lender's policy could be another $800. So they're big ticket items. Mm -hmm. They're probably your largest non-reoccurring closing costs. And, you know, non-reoccurring means one-time transaction cost uh, versus taxes and insurance, which but, are reoccurring. Right. And you should, you should make clear to the listening audience that it's scheduled i mean nobody yeah. it's it's regulated by the insurance company so you yep. can't change the insurance rate right and i believe the title companies they update their fee schedules correct. one to two times right. once or tw uh, once a year every two years they have to by law update these with the state and you can't deviate from these right. amounts however um like i said uh, you know our our clients are required to sign anti-coercion disclosure that we can't force them to use any specific homeowners insurance or title insurance company but it's uh, very common that in a purchase agreement uh, when somebody signs an offer to purchase the real estate broker has already pre-selected a title company for them and buyers have like we as a lender have to disclose that they have the right to shop that fee around because right. it's, it's one of the biggest fees on the estimate and mm -hmm. they always look at us like it's a fee that I'm charging even right. though it's a third party fee right. so we always have to disclose that and you know I, I try to do I try to explain how today with the split title mm -hmm. you know so now you have the seller who has their title company and the buyer who get you know who gets to pick their title company but a lot of times like I said it's recommended by the real estate broker mm -hmm. and this is not something that consumers shop for. Like, you know, yeah, maybe you buy a car every two, three years and you shop your insurance around for that, but you really, title insurance is not such right. a... Um, it's like a one-time, yeah. one to two And it's not shots. such a, you know, it's not right. a very consumer 
uh, friendly topic. Like you know, it's it's more of a. They're, they're doing a better product. job on PR these days. I see. Yeah. They're marketing it more. Right? Yeah, they are doing. Nice. Well, you know, and so these split title situations. The whole point of bringing this into our you know top ten um, you know items po- items okay. to be aware of is. We just had a transaction recently where, you know, the seller's title company and the buyer's title company, um, there wasn't a channel of communication because, let's face it, the listing agent is the client on the seller side to that title company. And on our side, it's the buyer and the buyer's agent that are the client to the title company. Right. You know, the referral source. So in this situation, they weren't really communicating well and here we are when we get this deal to the closing table in 28 days only to call the seller's title company to schedule this closing and find out that there's clouded title so that turns into rate lock extension fees for my buyer right right and just you know and there's nothing wrong with split title everybody like i said the seller has a right to choose the buyer has a right to choose Mm. and you know it's just the real estate agent really focus, you know, talk to your real estate agent and say, hey, is this a split title transaction and who's going to be communicating right. between the two title companies? Right. You know, the lender does their part, but unfortunately, we don't, sometimes we don't get the title work on the seller side till right very close, close to the end. And right. that's when we find out sometimes that there's trouble. So, you know, a lot of times it's just something that needs to be cleaned up with a, maybe a, a, a misplaced deed that was never recorded mm-hmm. or Perhaps there's an association lien uh, from a condominium association that was cured, but again, but in timing, especially filed. in the market that you're dealing with, uh, it's such an active market. You have to get these things closed, Absolutely. and if, you know if you don't, you know if you don't get an extension for that closing on a, on a new purchase, they, you know, the seller can go elsewhere. One hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, there's it's that tight. Am I yeah. correct? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, in, in today's market, it's crazy. So. You don't split title. I mean, in your stuff, I mean, you, you don't have the right to tell a, a seller what to do, but when you're buying a deal... You yeah, know. I think, you know, I just closed the deal yesterday, and the, the agent on the other side said, wow, you were a dream to work with. You were like a quarterback. And I said, <laughs> I, I want my office to handle everything, so we'll do that for you. Even though it costs me money or a little bit of time, that's okay. But, yeah, um, my clients, whether they're buyers, sellers, whatever they are, they need to trust me enough that I can pick their title company because I don't need any problems. Nothing wrong with any title companies out there, but I'm not going to split if I don't have to. And yesterday, I actually represented a buyer. It was a family member. So we showed up at the title company for the closing, and they said, oh, it's at the real estate office. I said, really? I said, because we, you know, in my email, it said title companies. Oh, you weren't included on on the final email that said at the real estate office. No big deal, but... You know, some some clients could freak out about that. I'd like to make a T-shirt, actually, like when you're coming up to like do a deal, mm-hmm. or even like when I'm coming into a conference room. It just says, "I'm a dream to work with." Right. <laughs> <laughs> or I'd like clients to actually have to, you know, put on a T-shirt that says, "I'm a nightmare <laughs> waiting to happen." <laughs> that would really make my job so much easier. Sure. Yes. Education. But education. Transparency is Transparency what we're talking about. Transparency and education. Right? You know. Um, you know, one of the greatest compliments anybody can receive is a referral to of a friend or family sure. member. And recently, I get a phone call from a young lady, 23 years old. You recognize my last name, so I went to school with your daughter. Mm-hmm. But my dad asked me to give you a call to get pre-approved for a mortgage. That was probably, I get a ton of referrals. You know, 90% of my business is based on referrals. Mm-hmm. But when somebody tells their 23-year-old kid to call you and get educated on the mortgage process, that's a huge compliment. Sure, definitely. And, you know, we spent probably 
30 to 40 minutes on the phone. Sharp kid, engineer, she knows what, you know, she understands numbers. But the, you know, the process, the entire home buying process, the offer process, and then just something, you know, especially the new kids, you know, the millennials, you know, need to be educated on because it's something, there's so much information out there. We're living in the information age. Right. And there's so much misinformation out there right. as well that's the internet's a killer mm-hmm. you know people what's practical what practically works right yep. as opposed to what's <laughs> just you know delineated or you know uh, enumerated on a, on a website you know absolutely. a definition is not what carries you through to it not real life no, no. absolutely it, ta- no. it requires coaching right, right? you're and really a professional coach you're you a professional are. finance mortgage coach 100 percent that's what we all do and that's you know and that's the important step you know they've got to learn the steps of the process before they engage Mm -hmm. in a transaction and you know that's that's a huge advantage that's a huge advantage a lot of people get into this say hey i want to buy a house and they don't educate themselves on the process they call a real estate agent say i want to go look at houses and you know agent usually says are you pre-approved and you know that starts a conversation there with the lender however you know i just with, you know, there's you can't have too much education on that topic, but call someone that's referred, call someone that you trust that's gone through the process, and really get educated on the process before you engage. Right. You know, it's interesting we're talking about the top ten items, <clears throat> and uh, in real estate, real estate finance, uh, one of the areas that people don't really understand when they're buying a house um, is that not all your debt. I see this all the time, but not all your debt and your obligations is actually calculated into the numbers that you utilize for sure. your bank. Right. Your Front and back end ratios. Most right. people don't know how those work. Right. But there's so. other, I see it at the end, like when people come and they're having issues with paying their mortgage or their, uh, usually it's a, a business loan, but right. certain things weren't calculated in because it wasn't required to be calculated into the Correct. ratio. So, That's problematic. Right. So uh, traditionally, Okay, so traditionally the debt to income ratios, you know, back in the manual underwriting days, you know, more than 20, you know, they had like 28, 36 ratios where your housing payment shouldn't exceed 28% of your uh, gross right. monthly income and your overall debt should not exceed uh, 30, you know, 36%. So those were the traditional underwriting guidelines and now since we have these automated underwriting systems, you know, we have artificial intelligence, you know, taking and weighing, right. you know, compensating factors. Sure. Well, you know, something. It's an algorithm. Their debt to ratio is higher, but they've got a ton of reserves. Right. You know, so we go back to the four C's of lending, you know, and, you know, you've got your credit, which is your willingness to repay, mm-hmm. your capacity, which is your ability to repay, your cash, which is your down payment, and then again, the collateral is what we're lending against the right. house. So if. If uh, you have strength in one of these areas more than another area, these automated decision systems, they automate underwriting systems, they use that as compensating factors mm-hmm. to weigh it. Mm-hmm. So what you're talking about is so our underwriting systems will allow people to take their debt ratios up to 45% of their gross monthly wow. income. Well, you figure if somebody does a 30% withholding on their taxes, not you know not to fall behind on their income taxes mm-hmm. later in the you know year, you know. That doesn't leave a whole ton of room mm-hmm. for eating, auto insurance, yeah. you right? Know, Real life, the debts, house poor. Yeah. That's what right. You know, house poor. So, 
Um, I think we have to go to a commercial break, yeah. but when we get back, let's talk about those debts that you say that right. a lot of lenders don't have to calculate. But it's again, again, it's education, education, education. Yes, okay. hey, I can approve you for this much, but what's realistically your comfort level with right. a housing payment? Okay, when we get back, so this is Real Estate Realities on New, new Radio Media, and we'll be paying some bills. We'll be right back. If you need a fingerprinting service, A1 Fingerprints is the place to go. A1 Fingerprints specializes in fingerprinting for teachers, students, law enforcement, and more. A1 makes the process so easy and simple, you can be in and out in 10 minutes. A1 does walk-ins, so appointments aren't necessary. A1 Fingerprints, located in Southfield on Southfield Road. Go to a1fingerprints.com for more information. That's a1fingerprints.com. It's that easy. As a business owner, you're always looking to save money and cut costs where you can. And if you advertise on radio or television, you know it can get pretty pricey. If radio and TV aren't delivering like they promised, and you're looking for a more reasonably priced way to get your message to the masses, I've got an answer for you. New Radio Media. With live streaming and on-demand programming, your message can be seen throughout the day, and you can worry a little less about cutting those costs. For more information, go to newradiomedia.com or call Buzz Van Houten at 248-939-9999. What do you do when you discover something great? Well, you tell your friends and family about it, right? Well, that's exactly how Lake Michigan Credit Union became the largest credit union in Michigan. With one of the highest checking account rates in the nation, and guarantee low mortgage rates, word is spreading fast about Lake Michigan Credit Union. Earn more when you save, pay less when you borrow. Lake Michigan Credit Union, the best place for your money. Maple Lane Golf Club is a 54-hole golfing treasure located in the heart of Sterling Heights. Maple Lane Golf Club offers immaculate greens, a top-flight pro shop, and inexpensive green fees. For convenience, book your tee time online at maplelanegolf.com. Come out and enjoy a great golf experience. Try our 9 and Dine special, 9 holes of golf, and enjoy food and refreshments in the Clubhouse Bistro. That's Maple Lane Golf Club in Sterling Heights. Check us out at maplelanegolf.com. Hey, we're back. This is Dave Sobel with Emil Zraylov and Dylan Tanaka and Nancy Phillips here on New Radio Media and Real Estate Realities. I'll never get through this whole thing. Uh, anyway, so you were saying, Emil, so about uh, debt ratio. Debt ratio. Mm-hmm. So, again, I'm going to recap real quick. So what you are approved, you know, what we can approve you to and what your actual comfort level with the housing payment are two different numbers, and that's a very serious thing to discuss with your lender because, again, we can approve you to a pretty high amount, but... You know, there's that responsibility factor of knowing what you right. can afford. There's um, there's a lot of accountability, also uh, self accountability. Well, or or right. having a financial planner. Even if you've got five grand in the bank, someone at another, you know, at a bank will will speak with you and say, "Hey, here's here's where you could encounter some danger." Right. Some people well, you just hope. Right. Yeah. But the realtor, you know, the the market's so hot, people want to get into property, and realtors it's all are emotional. always pushing. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's where people found themselves, you know, around ten years ago. Same thing. Right. Realtor, I'm not. I'm not, not uh, 
you know, dumping on realtors. It no. Was every, you know, we don't want to go who's accountable, et cetera. But it is ultimately personal accountability. It is. That's, a, that's for a different show. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> back to the debt ratio. Um, so there's several things that we don't have to count in your debt to income ratio. They're up to underwriter discretion. Okay. So, for instance, an installment loan with less than 10 payments remaining. Right. That doesn't have to get counted. However, if an underwriter sees that you are, you know, fully vested with your last dollar on this transaction, they have the right to say, you know something, even though you got less than 10 payments remaining on right, this Right, they're going to dip into note, that. You know, and We're that's, by the way, back. that's only on a finance, not on a lease, because a right. lease you will have to replace. Right. So we have to count that sure. payment in because Future. you do have to replace the car. But when it's a financed car or, like, let's say a debt consolidation loan that you had that was just an installment note, uh, if there's less than 10 payments, we typically don't count it. However, the underwriter does have a right to say, you know something, hey, I'm concerned because this person doesn't have much in reserves and they can really get into trouble right. with this. Um, they don't uh, have to deny you. They can just cut you back. They can cut right. you back. So you need to bring more money right. down. Or right. say, hey, you need to pay this off prior to right. closing. Right. 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 That happens that quite way, a bit. all the time. Because, you know, there's the debt ratio including that debt and the debt ratio excluding that debt. Mm -hmm. And that's what the underwriter's job is to make sure that we're taking a good risk, um, not just to protect us, but also it is – you know, it's not the goal you. of any lender. Okay. It's not the goal no. of any lender to put you in a bad Never position. Never to set up somebody right? for failure we ever. don't right. want to because, right. A, you know, there's a responsibility lever on our part, too. Mm -hmm. So um, another thing is 401k loans. So a 401k loan is not really considered a debt because it's your money. And if you don't pay it back, you're just going to get a 1099 and mm -hmm. get taxed on income. Right. But sometimes people borrow against their 401k for a down payment, uh -huh. which is totally. I always thought that was calculated into the debt ratio. No, that's not because again, because it's secured. It back, no. It's secured, and if you yeah. don't pay it back, your you know 401k administrator will just send you a 1099 right. for that year. Sure. And but you know, but if you borrowed thirty thousand dollars from your 401k for a down payment, and now there's a net deduction from your paycheck mm -hmm. that's going to affect you that's going to affect your right. you know disposable income you know mm -hmm. so these debt ratios the way they're desi designed and i love this example is because let's say you're at a 45 percent debt to income ratio on somebody with a thirty thousand dollar a year salary and you know and then we have somebody that makes three hundred thousand dollars a year and they're at a 45% debt-to-income ratio. Well, clearly, the person with the $300,000 a year has a lot more disposable income. And when those two cars pull through, you know, whatever drive-through, it still costs them the same amount of money to feed their kids. Right. So, yes, the higher debt-to-income ratio, we'd love to see that, you know, even though we'll make that available to both of those people, uh -huh. it really makes sense more for the person with the higher earnings. So those are the types of things that underwriters look at. And us as originators, you know, when I sit down with somebody, I'm pre-underwriting their file. Right. You know, I run it through the automated underwriting system. It gives us the risk assessment, the eligibility for securitization with Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac or FHA. But at the end of the day, we have to look at that and kind of pre-underwrite that with the borrower and say, hey, this is what we can approve you for, but are you truly comfortable right. with this house payment? Right. You know, and another thing people don't anticipate is your utility costs. You move out of a 800-square-foot apartment, Mm -hmm. With you have insulated walls on either side, mm -hmm. you, you know, your heat bills 40 bucks a month, you know, yeah. your light bills 30, 40 bucks a month, and then you go into a 1600 square foot home with exterior walls. Sure, you know, it's really interesting because realtor, not that realtors tell you this, but I'll tell listening audience and anybody who's like looking to buy their first home, 
Guess what? Go get a utility history on that house. Absolutely. I don't yeah. think you need a FOIA for that either, Dylan. You know, Dylan. You don't. No, need you just a FOIA. need a seller who's willing to give it to you. To give it to or you, you, walk but you away. should know. Right? Yeah. You have to have yeah, a good, I'm sure they have you could have a good agent and broker working for you. Right. That's why we joke a little bit about realtor be, realtors because the, the bar is set so low, it's really easy to get a license. Right. And, uh, you know, got to make sure they know how to take care of their customers. But, well, there, you know, it's always there's always great realtors and there's not so great realtors. Right. You know, I always say it's just a top ten item that we were talking about earlier. It's just never, don't let somebody practice on you. Like if you have Susie Q who just became, or Jimmy John, who be, became a realtor, and they're the relative of you know your colleague. Don't go right. get a, a 100% licensed full-time professional who's been doing it for at least you know to me five years. At least. I've had clients. At least I've had clients that have said you know some I have a family member that's a oh. realtor, and oh. whether it's because they choose not to do business with friends or family, right. or maybe that person is brand new and just doesn't right. have the experience. You know they they but you should interview. Your realtor and your mortgage Absolutely. lender, yeah. just like any other professional. The way you, you call attorneys up to interview, right? And yeah, the only ones you never ask is, is the real estate investor, because all you care about from them is, do you have the cash and the ability to you close? Know, right, right. right. You know, interest rates—they're pretty comparable across the board, right? You shop lender fees, you shop interest rate, you know, shop the knowledge, you know, yeah. shop the professional. That's, that's tweetable. Yeah, you know, shop, shop the knowledge. That's another yeah, T-shirt. Shop the knowledge. Shop the knowledge. <laughs> no, but it, it really makes a difference. It could make. <laughs> Nancy's experience. writing it down. She's like, "I'm going to get a T-shirt. Shop the knowledge." It can make. Nancy just likes to shop. There you go. <laughs> that was a sexist statement. I'm Wait, sure. listen. Spe so speaking funny. of Nancy, yeah, Nancy, didn't didn't you have a a text question come in? Yeah. I did. This is from Stan from Subawago. Where's Subawago? It's way up in the UP. Really? We we broadcast <laughs> all the way out there. It's astounding. Oh. Um, Subwego. Subwego. I have a 12-inch 12, 12 uh, foot long. Yes. Um, did you say they had 12 inches of snow still? They do, too. They probably do. Right. Yeah, they probably do. Okay, so Stan wants to know. Um, he has a contract that says, where is as is? Does he need an inspection? Who's going to answer this? If you ask me, the answer is yes. Yeah. I would always get an inspection. Well, why don't you, you know, for the audience, Explain, what's where is as yeah. is? Means. So basically it means that at that exact point in time that um, as long as everything is the, the same exact, more, more from a physical standpoint, you know, we're not talking just words on a contract. So um, if the stove is working and the plumbing's not leaking, the way that it sets today as is, mm -hmm. where, it, where it is, mm -hmm. that we're going to close, everything's fine. Right. And, and what that means to a seller, a lot of times I think they think that, a buyer shouldn't be able to come back at that point and say, well, I don't want to buy it because there's something wrong. So they, they kind of think they get a free pass. No, you, right. Where they still, a buyer still needs to perform a home inspection right. and hire a professional home inspector. Right. You're accepting it in the condition, but you, you know, there are a lot of people who, even buyers, not just mm -hmm. sellers, who say, boy, I am not going to get an inspection because I just agreed to buy it in its current condition. No, they're no, nuts. No. Yeah, but there are yeah. people, well, right now we all we all know because, again, the market's hot, people are waiving inspections. But you just put in a finance contingency then, and then you can always get out because you can't get your mortgage. Right, right. You know, just don't send in your W-2s. Right. You can't get a mortgage. You right. can get out. But you can't, don't let your emotions, your realtor or Zillow or, or the Internet get you so excited you're going to get into a predicament that you shouldn't be mm -hmm. in because there's a, a major problem that you can't 
you can't fix or that you're overpaying or that you don't see or you don't understand right. i always always have an inspection i you know if even if you said i'm agreeing to take it in its current condition sure. and anybody who doesn't i i'm still floored i learned this from a friend brian goodman who's a mortgage loan uh, officer and he was telling me that right now people are not uh you know going forward with inspections in order to get all over the, the home that they want all over the board they're waiving it and i just was shocked because i just not, wasn't part of that market How about for years. appraisal waivers for up to fifty thousand yeah. for up yeah, to yeah. ten thousand i had Whatever, already do that shelby township the home yeah. you know if you're putting enough money down you know people are waiving their appraisal mm-hmm. contingency mm-hmm. and saying hey but you should have even if it's a, a like the inspection again you can look on you can go to the city maybe with not not having a foyer you don't don't have to go to FOIA, but see right. what's going on with the house. You can start online. You can learn a lot online from a lot of the cities put all their information, like what Emil right. said with Dearborn. You know, you yeah. can look that up and see there was uh, the city yep. certifications because in Dearborn you need a city inspection to buy and sell, even as a regular seller yeah. or buyer to convey title. Same thing in, in uh, Dearborn Heights, Southfield, Centerline. But don't forget, even Gross if you have points. a where is as is, uh, you know, the other, the other issue for the seller. Uh, unless they're not occupying the property or they never lived in the home, the sellers still have to fill out a seller yeah, disclosure. Absolutely. So there's a lot of information, and it should be on that seller's disclosure when they're purchasing, uh, that says what is going on mm-hmm. or what what do I know about this property because the seller has to disclose it, what they know. They don't have to disclose that they're a contractor or a builder or whatever. They just have to say this is what's occurred. And so if they fail to disclose or if they hide something, they call that concealment. Um, that's all actionable. That's kind of where I step in. And I'm, I do around three to five uh, cases a month where people are calling in on seller disclosure, mm-hmm. failure to disclose. Uh, fraud is uh, actionable and actually uh, highly lucrative for attorneys. You know, we can get compensatory damages, uh, triple damages on these type of issues. So it's very yeah, good I was us. always curious what the remedy is on that. Yeah. When Court. <laughs> now, now, I will tell you another way to find out what's going on with your property. I had a, a couple in Royal Oak, actually, who had a flooded basement right after they purchased the home. And uh, the basement was, they, they showed me the photos and the appraisal. It was absolutely beautiful, right? And now here's tons of flooding, right? And before they called me, they called, like, a foundation company uh, to come out. And the guy came in. See, this is why you don't need the city. Right. This, is, this was incredible. What a coincidence. The guy came in from the foundation, you know, waterproofing company. And he gets into their foyer. And uh, he says, wait a minute, I've been in this, I've been I've in this been home this before. House. And he opens up his laptop, because again, technology, right? Wow. And he says, before I even go down to the basement, I want to show you what the basement looked like before. I have a photo. I have photos. Wow. I had made a bid on this home approximately a year ago to do the work. And my purchasers, my clients looked and absolutely, you know, almost fell off. Swimming pool in the yeah, basement. Almost fell they, down. They bought right. from a homeowner, not an investor, That's right? That's correct. They bought from a homeowner. Great. When they went down, the... You know, the guy from the foundation company looks around and he goes, oh, my God, they had completely refinished this basement. I don't know why they spent the money to do that, but they redid everything, put new drywall up, new carpeting down, painted. It was beautiful, except, you know, there was a swimming pool in the basement, right? A waterfall, as I said. Well, you know, all I had to do, I had enough information there. That was concealment because I had proof that this guy was out there a year before and these people had never fixed it. And all I did was shoot over a couple letters. And the uh, seller's attorney, former seller's attorney, uh, we settled wow. in like maybe two weeks. Wow. He said, "How much? How much do we owe the guy?" And that's it. 
And they, so, they could have done the waterproofing for the price that they paid to finish it to conceal it. And the attorney fees. And wouldn't they have preferred <laughs> to sell a home fees. with, a, with, with a, you know, just waterproofed by a good company right, right. versus hiding it and taking a chance? I, don't, I never understand why people don't. Totally unwise. I don't know why. That happens more than it, you think. You know, some, the same thing with septic inspections. You don't have to go to the city. You call the local septic company. Oh, yeah, they're one of the few, mm-hmm. right? You know, there's not. You I'm know, not plugging anybody, but I always loved Ur for your sewer. Yeah. <laughs> you know right, who it is? Right, I pass them every day at yeah, Oakley Park. So, you it's know, and that's. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you didn't even but it's not like public that. TV. <laughs> so, no, but, you know, that's the thing is, you know, you can call that, you know, call those companies or pools. You know, most of the time pool maintenance is done locally, you know. Mm-hmm. But, hey, when we get back, I have a great question for you, David, for uh, regarding homeowner associations. Okay, I can't wait. So uh, <laughs> we're going to pay some bills with a new Maybe radio media, real estate realities. Advertising your business these days can be challenging. Traditional radio and TV ads are expensive and, frankly, a bit of a crapshoot. Not to mention, the audience for over-the-air material is shrinking as more and more of us demand to see and hear what we want, when we want. Advertising on new radio media is a solution. With our live streaming programs that are also available on demand, your message is always ready when your customers are ready to watch and listen, all for a fraction of what you'd likely have been paying for other ads. NewRadioMedia.com. Call Buzz Van Houten at 248-939-9999 for more information. Working for New Year's times, kind of how I've been living. Feeling all a little deflated, kind of how I've been rolling. Going till my steel belt's showing, never slowing the rest much. Hi, I'm Andy. And I'm David. Join us for fun and adventure on our new show, PodQuesters, where we fight through imaginary battles and pray to the dice gods for good rolls. Yes, it's an epic, sweeping adventure where we try to fulfill our destinies without driving the Dungeon Master crazy. I thought that was the point. Anyways, check us out here on NewRadioMedia.com, Fridays, PodQuesters. See you there. Lake Michigan Credit Union believes in the power of home. The power to dream and to make that dream a reality. The power to grow and put down roots. The power to call any place you want home. Guaranteed low mortgage rates turn renters into homeowners, growing pains into growing gains, and silver anniversaries into golden years. LMCU believes in the power of home. Hey, for those of you watching live, if you just saw that amazing commercial with Emil at the end, you know that he's the only guy to call when you need a mortgage. But, uh, yeah, we're just having a little bit of fun here at uh, our final segment. Mommy sent that photo in. Oh. Uh, so nice photo. We want to go over to Nancy. She's got uh, – this is our final session. This is kind of my favorite part of the whole show. But, uh, Nancy, tell us, uh, tell us what you got going on. Yeah. Um, for anyone that's watched this show, you know that I'm involved. Um, actually, Proven Resource, we are involved in Game on Cancer which is very near and dear to my heart. 
Um, it's through Henry Ford Hospital. They, um, 100% of all the money that they receive in donations goes out into um, either ongoing research that is desperately needed. Um, but the part that we really like and the money that we are raising is going for non-medical expenses for patients. Um, there are patients out there, and I would have never believed it until I you know, went through it myself, that are making the decisions, wow, do I buy groceries this week or do I pay for you know, my chemo or, you know, um, I had a flat out shock after my first chemo, you know, oh, come back the next day after have this shot. It, it, you know, it boosts your immune system. So I went and I got the shot, got the bill. $9,000 was billed mm -hmm. to our insurance company. Wow. So people are, people are forced to choose they between are, sure. are they going to buy groceries or they have no transportation. That's yeah. even worse. Yeah. And, and uh, A woman was yeah. riding her bike. Riding her bike to go get cancer treatment. 19 miles one way to go get chemo. thing with chemo, it's cumulative. Oh, you feel pretty good on week one. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Week two, not so bad. Week three, holy smokes, Starts I hit a wall. So, so well, game on cancer. They provided her with transportation. Right. So um, we're pretty involved with Game on Cancer. We have a website, uh, uh, webpage, uh, webpage on provenresource.com devoted to the Game on Cancer. Nancy coordinates that for our office. Uh, and, and she just had a, a big win in her Game on Cancer uh, this week. Let's hear about it. Yeah. Um, I met with NLB Corporation, which they are located in Wixom, their world headquarters. Um, they are the leading manufacturer in water jet equipment. If you've ever been driving down the freeways during construction, mm -hmm. which we all oh, have, sure. if you see those huge machines that are blasting the water, that's what oh, MLB they don't. They don't. They don't manufacture boats that go underneath or airplanes that go underneath <laughs> the water. Water jets. Uh, right. No. Unfortunately, no. it's plumbing stuff. <laughs> I, I'm well, fully aware of how water jets work. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I had a great meeting with them yesterday along with Lynn Vote from Henry Ford Hospital. Wow. Um, and they are they do a lot of um, really fun stuff for their employees. Every fall they have a chili cook-off. Well, this year's chili cook-off is dedicated to one of their employees who did pass away from cancer mm. this past May. Um, but they are going to be raffling off a signed Lions jersey. Very cool. Bunch yeah. of signed um, Lions football because Game on Cancer comes from, they have a very close relationship with the Detroit with Lions. The Lions. Is this event open to the public? Um, the chili cook-off? Well, certainly Listen, yes. I, oh, I make this joke. Emil and I sit over here, I think we're starving every, every <laughs> no, show. Yeah. So I'm thinking, let's go get some chili. You know, we will... Um, and they are, and then the really exciting part, and you know, I know everybody's broken hearted, but I won't be here next week because we are going to um, an event they're having at the Lions practice awesome. um, in facility Allen in Allen Park. Oh, wonderful. For anyone that, um, you know, is collecting donations for Game on Cancer. Um, so we are now actively. Um, accepting donations. So and we're our, looking our, for team members. Uh, so Proven Resources is looking members. for team members so and LLBs and other ones. The listeners need to join. go to provenresource.com forward slash 
Game on Cancer. Game on Cancer. And okay. they'll see our site. And, and yes. it's really a great cause. I mean, that non-medical support is excellent. I think all of our, so, I know that personally um, our family's been affected by cancer. Mm -hmm. We lost, you know, I lost a, a young cousin, at a, you know, uh, just a year ago. I'm sorry. To breast cancer. And, you know, we have four kids and, you know, just the amount of families that we're in touch with that have been affected sure. by it neighbors friends you know so and, maybe uh, maybe lake michigan credit Union I, I, I am join going to push. on absolutely yes. I'm, I'm personally very i'll interested. help you thank push. you yeah <laughs> nancy will be the, the pusher uh -huh. and you're right about those non-medical expenses yeah, non i mean we've set up meal trains we've set oh, up sure. you know, just especially when it's a parent going right. through it you know and right. you know that support system for the children whether mm -hmm. it's you know helping pick up and take the kid to sports or you know just Back so many ways to, to get involved yeah, people people are losing their homes because they can't pay you know they're not working so that's kind of where i get involved um, from the legal aspect yeah so it's pretty it's how have how have lenders with your experience how have lenders reacted to these situations they do forbearance? A, they do a forbearance but it's not that easy to get yeah. trust me you got to get a doctor's note anyways um <laughs> I, I i want to talk more about gamma cancer i want to wrap up a little bit with dylan uh, winning futures which is his, his yeah coming up this school year really yes. quick we are looking for new mentors uh, we've picked up a bunch of more schools it's winningfutures.org um we are high school mentors uh, for seniors moving into the next phase of their life, and it's a curriculum that's all approved by the state. It's really cool. You get three or four guys or girls, depending on, you know, if you're a man or a woman. And I've been dealing, uh, or I've been a part of it for ten years, so I have kids now who are pushing thirty, which wow. tells you how old that's I am. Wonderful. Wow! So, wow. Winningfutures.org. So, so, how do people get in touch with you, uh, Dylan, with regards to any real estate questions? Yeah, you can just go go to riaofmacomb.com. It's R E I A O F Macomb.com, and uh, you know, just go to the contact us page. I'm always there for you. Great, thanks. And how about you, Emil? How do people get in touch with you? Oh, uh, you could uh, go to myloanofficer.com. Uh -huh. And it's got all my contact information there. Mm -hmm. But if you're just a cell phone person, 248-961-4300. You can text questions, call. Um, you know, okay. we're here to serve. Okay, and you can get in touch with me, provenresource.com. Nancy, you can get in touch at nphillips at provenresource.com. I have a new domain site. It's called, uh, I should have called you sooner.com, and that will go right to Proven Resource. <laughs> Very cool. So, um, hey, thanks for joining us. Are we, we good right now? Great. So well, Great next week. week. Next week we have some really good uh, yeah. topics, and I guess we have that guest, uh, Lawrence Pibley, coming on, right? Very cool. That guy? Yeah. Yeah, real good. All right. Have a great day. Bye, everybody. Take care. Take care. Bye.